Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Merrill Hess to my Morgan Hess. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. I That 3-2-1 that countdown they do for you is trippy, isn't it? Yeah, I'm so, used to, I'm so used to just click, clicking the button and starting, and now I have to click the button and wait three seconds. And our very yeah, own Reverend, I felt your pain. Reverend Graham Hess, Eric Gronovic, <laughs> how are you doing? Uh, ready to go, sober and ready to take on the competition. Yeah, at least at least you uh, you're okay. So, do you guys want to start? Let's let's uh, let's start non Seahawks. Actually, let's let's get this out of the way. Every year before the Super Bowl, we like to do. Um, our props super bowl props bets so let's do let's do some super bowl props but before we do that i gotta ask did you guys how much pro bowl did you guys consume Zero. uh does the senior bowl count no Very you guys much. didn't watch any i watched i so i went and watched stuff that seahawks participated in so like i saw gino's accuracy thing he did pretty good he wasn't like the best one but he was he was he was throwing dimes dude he was very good um it wasn't like he didn't like embarrass himself and then the flag football game was fun. It had a fun ending. Uh, he, Eli, Peyton Manning, Eli's team was winning, and they took a knee, and Peyton Manning was like, you can't do run plays. That's a penalty. That's a penalty. You can't do run plays. He was, like, legitimately pissed. It was so – and he's, like, looking around all angry and stuff, and everyone's like, who cares? And then uh, – uh, who was it? Justin Jefferson was, like, waving at him or something. It was super funny. Um, so that was that was pretty fun. I A lot of people were whining about it. I think it's pretty sweet. Like, I think it's like pretty fun way to get the players a free vacation, let them do some stuff. I do think you could make it better though. Two ways, two ways. Okay. One of two ways, either number one, have like a regular guy who goes to the YMCA every week, participate in every event. So like, it's like Geno Smith goes, (laughs) Derek Carr goes, and then it's like, and from the, from the Jacksonville, Florida YMCA, here's Robert and then Robert comes out and tries to do the accuracy throwing thing and gets like one point, you know, and it's like, Oh, it'll give you some frame of reference for like how good these guys are. And then same for everything, like have the dodgeball, the dodgeball is playing, but then they also get to play a team of just four, like just regular dudes from the LA fitness down the street. Like just like, that's, that's the kind of thing I think that would like take this from like right now for me, it's like a solid seven. Like it's entertaining. I'm willing to watch it. If, there's nothing else on, <coughs> but um, I'm not. I'm not trying to. Uh, it's not musty TV, right? And I think that would turn it into musty TV. That would make it just absolutely wonderful. And um, Nathan, sorry, the, the Pro Bowl is up to like six and a half million people watching it. Obviously, everything is working. Yeah, I mean, uh, Nathan on the fine. record saying he wants to see a NFL quarterback put a dodgeball through the back of the head of some random guy named Dave from an oh, LA fitness. Yeah. Like some guy, some guy Horacio who like in a tank top, you know, and he's, he's like five foot three and thinks he's really cool. And then just like, yeah, just Tom just Brady takes, takes his head off. The dome and he, yeah. he's never the same again. Or this is yeah. Nathan's way of telling us that he just joined the YMCA. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but, but Brett has been texting me about his pickup basketball games, to the YMCA. So I have a, Oh, I'm, this is I'm, your inspiration. I'm you experiencing want to see Brett take an NFL quarterback's <laughs> dodgeball to the dome. I see Dude, the, the best part is, is that if you ask Brett right now, like, hey, how many points do you think you could score in the accuracy competition for NFL skills? The number he says is like at least five times as high as the actual number he would get. At least. So, this is Brett's equivalent of when they do the thread where like, which of these wild animals could you or meet in a fight? Brett would, and people pick like things that would just murder them. Brett's like, Brett, which of these NFL quarterbacks could you beat in a skills competition? He's like any. And you're like, that's too many. That best catch thing. Brett's like, I'm in on that. I got <laughs> I got great hands. I got great hands. They're so soft. They're so soft. I, I'm in on the, the best hands competition. No, we love you, Brett. Okay. So um, the, the NFL thing, the other way to make it better I said that I have two ways is to like really make it more like American gladiators. And Kevin had actually, you gave me the great idea, which is have the coaches be like some of the opponents, you know, like, so like yeah, the coaches coach, like firing, like uh tennis, tennis balls, balls at, at Tyree kill and stuff. That'd be funny. <laughs> I so, also want the coaches to pick their own uh, gladiator name. Oh yeah. Bill Belichick would be silence. Okay. Eric, Eric, what's your best, what's your best coach coach gladiator name? What's your, I mean, what you got? He took silence. Um, it's got to be like a character trait or like a like a like an idea or a thing. It can't, it can't be a. I think it'd probably be like uh, 
optimum for Pete Carroll because, <laughs> you know, everyone would be, it's like, oh, because he, he runs so fast and he's 95 years old and he won't slow down. But we realize here in Seattle, the real reason it's because he's so optimistic. That okay. It clouds him. And uh, I think for, I think for Pete, you got to go something about chewing gum, say. Eric, like chomps. <laughs> what what bigger way to disrespect the legacy of Pete Carroll? Bubble, chomps, bubbles, bubble. yeah, bubble. No, not bubbles. Just bubble one, singular. <laughs> How about we just okay. change to bubble one? You guys ready for Super? Anyways, it was cool to see the Seahawks. And I think Quandre by the end of the season was back to Pro Bowl level, so it's great to see him there. It was good to see the the kid Tariq get in there, and then um, of course Gino deserved every minute of that. So, yep, just a great great to see our boys there, and uh, just to get the Pro Bowl. And um, it, yeah, I I enjoyed it more than I think any any but most people did. I mean, just the whining. Maybe I just see the whining on Twitter. Maybe the whining is louder. But well, you guys ready for Twitter's sh- designed for? So, you guys ready for Super Bowl props? Yeah, born ready. All right, Eric, heads or tails? Tails. All right. Uh, heads, heads five of the last six years, uh, tails up all time, 29, 27. So just wanted to, I think it's, yeah, five of the last Thank six you. heads, uh, just had to give you the stats, but I mean, you're, 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 you're saying tails return to form this year. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Tail tails is coming back. It's 20. It's, it's had a rough couple years, but tails back on the hunt. Tails became popular. <clears throat> Everyone wanted to be tails all of a sudden. It wasn't cool anymore. Yeah. Also, the tails thing, heads tails thing, minus one hundred and four. Come on, it should be like one hundred and one tops. Like, what? Do they even need a vig for that? I don't. Continue I don't know. the props. Let's let's go. With these anyway, props. Eric, Kevin, heads or tails? Uh, you know, I just gotta go with heads. Just gotta be computational there. All right. Uh, yeah. So now, now you guys are yeah, head, 50, head, 50, one of us. Now you guys are head to t- head to tails instead of head. Okay. Anyway, a color of Gatorade bath. Yellow, green, plus 275. Orange, plus 300. Blue, plus 375. Red slash pink, plus 500. And clear slash water, plus 600. There's also the purple. No Gatorade poured, plus 1400. Uh, maybe it'll be like the Dukes Bowl. They'll go with the mayonnaise. Uh, Kev- Kevin, uh, Dukes has twang, Kevin. So Dukes has twang. So that's why it's not so bad. What color What color are you thinking here? I was going to say in honor of it being the Andy Reid Bowl, it should be barbecue sauce. Um oh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, uh, I'm going with water. Clear, okay. Clear has not been the color since 2008, uh, but clear is it? Clear is good. Clear has good odds. Um, plus 600. Uh, three of the last four years, blue. The last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 2020, they used orange. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2018, it was yellow slash green. So I think that's why those are the top two options in terms of odds. But blue, three of the last four years, c- kind of makes it a, a little bit of sleeper. Maybe the players just like the blue Gatorade. Eric, what do you think? Yellow. Yellow. I've seen it. I've seen yellow, yellow slash green. It, yellow yeah, slash yellow green. slash. So yellow slash green is interesting because the Eagles used it the last time they won, right? And then it was. It's only one other time, uh, two other times since two thousand one, two thousand one Ravens and two thousand nine Steelers. So there you go. Are right, you guys ready for some halftime show props? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, oh, do you guys know? Do you guys problem. know who the halftime singer is? It's Rihanna. Ah, oh, thank you, Eric. I, I knew I could count on you. All right. Don't stop the music is the favorite first song at plus three hundred. Diamonds plus five hundred. What's my name plus five hundred. Stay six hundred. Umbrella six hundred. Lift me up seven hundred. I will say I've been surprised by this prop every year because you think like, okay, it's going to be the new popular song or it's going to be like the old most popular song. Then it's always a song that completely sur- surprises me. Um, this prop has not been the favorite in, in quite some time. So, um, yeah. Uh, what do you think? What do you think? What do you guys think? Anyone want to go first? Anyone got a strong opinion on the uh, Rihanna's first song? <laughs> I don't I don't know enough, and I don't think it's going to be Umbrella. I, th- I feel like I th- that's going to have to be part of like a – like when they do like the medley where they blitz through a few songs. It does have a really good BPM for like combining with another song too, Umbrella, where they like come through with another song or like there's a guest artist on the stage. I don't something know like enough Rihanna songs. I know Umbrella and that's well, that's... well lift lift me up lift me up was the song from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. So that I feel like at plus seven hundred. That feels like that's a good pretty, opener close. Yeah, it, it feels like it has good odds. It's her first single in quite some time. Uh, first single in five years. So like that could be a strong opener. But like I said, they never go with what I expect. 
um don't stop the music is is a huge hit and it's like very dancey plus 300 is not horrible odds for what probably is the most like tone appropriate song right to just start a medley like that kevin what do you think tone appropriate wouldn't that be bitch better have my money then that's oh my gosh all right <laughs> that's tone appropriate for the nfl um uh, <laughs> there's a prop for first outfit color um black is a huge favorite yeah um, blacks that feels likely black seems like uh, the, all the colors that's true um there's no confirmed guess but there are three names that come pretty consistently are popping up in the odds uh jay-z asap rocky and drake do you think any of those guys make an appearance here um all three have been on uh on rihanna track, tracks in the past should we expect to see jay-z asap asap rocky or drake in this or do you think uh i think drake might show uh jay-z is too big for the super bowl i think he's one of those oh, people okay. and he, he feels like rocky, he's above it yeah asap rocky is too uh language inappropriate all right um not, probably because he likes bad bitches that's not family not problems. family friendly enough no um okay our last one before we move on to uh national anthem and then the actual game <laughs> Uh, uh, Super Bowl uh, halftime show over and under on non so- number of songs. You guys ready for this? Number of songs. This one, I, this one, you guys actually have to answer. Okay, okay. nine and a half. Under, over. Oh, perfect. Okay, typical halftime show runs about twelve to fifteen minutes. They do the short versions of the songs. So, Kev, that's I think where Kevin's thinking. Um, yeah, and yeah. a lot of songs, a lot of her songs have repetition that you can cut in a show like this too. I don't know, it's tough. It's tough. That's okay. why I'm thinking. I'm thinking you might like she might blitz through like five songs in a minute, just doing like like rolling through different choruses or something. Yeah. So okay, Chris Stapleton is singing the national anthem. Um. Yeah. Okay. So over, over, under. Okay. The most of the lines are around, but I'm gonna go with um one one twenty one point five. That's that seems to be like where most of these lines are kind of settling in. A couple people opened at one twenty five, which says which is cr- which is crazy to me. Two minutes and five seconds. The the last the time country the, music singer, it's gonna be lower. The last time the album the anthem went over two minutes and and six seconds was Lady Gaga t- twenty sixteen two twenty two, and it's been under two minutes quite a bit. Uh, so, so two, two minutes and, and one second, Eric, where, where you at? Yeah. Over or under? I gotta go over here just because I feel like maybe he gives us the country version of Marvin Gaye's national anthem. You know, okay. he, it's, he wants to put his, you know, his mark on it. There might be a choir. It's country music guys. Anything goes except diversity. So it's my call. Okay. What about you? Uh, what about you, Kevin? Uh, the average length of a national anthem is like 115 seconds, um, and I believe that uh, typically the country music singers are on the shorter side of it. So I'm gonna go under. Well, Luke Bryan, like Luke Bryan in 2017 did it in 204. So there's a, but I, I it's hard because here's the thing. Normally, what I do. For this prop, as I go watch the person sing the national anthem, right? There's yep. none of that this year. This guy is like, this guy is like, they brought anthem. in a ringer for the bet. They were like, no, we're not gonna do it. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go under the. So it's really, it's really hard to tell what like, it's Garth gonna Brooks be. Garth Brooks was like a minute forty-five, <laughs> apparently in nineteen ninety-three. Uh, nineteen ninety-three, Garth Brooks one forty-five. Yep, Faith Hill uh, Harry, Harry Connick Jr. Harry Connick Jr. two oh six. Uh, Dixie um, Chicks, minute 36. Yeah, Faith Hill was two minutes flat. Uh, I feel it, like it's more leaning to under than over. I'm going to go under. His songs are kind of slow. I don't know. It's it's tough. It's this very... I think it's going to be close. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think it's close, yeah. and I wish I had some research I could do to really... Two, uh, two minutes seems seems very uh, spot, spot on. All right. What player will score the first touchdown, Eric? Hmm... Remember me... it's rushing, receiving, not not receiving. A... No, I mean it's, it's got to be a rushing or receiving touchdown. Like if Jalen Hurts throws it to Miles Sanders, Thank that you. that counts as Miles Sanders. It's going to be I a uh, one of great. one of Patrick Mahomes' no name receivers. 
Oh, you you're going you're going the deep in the odds. You're going yeah, to Valdez, I'm not going Scantling. Nicole Hardman either. Uh, yeah, Valdez, yeah. Scantling, Smith, Schuster, Tony, 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 Tony. No, it's going to be. Let's Tony? go with Scantling. Schuster is a uh, can't walk right Valdez, now. Scantling plus sixteen to one. I, I I dig it. Kevin, what about you? Where are you at? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Um, man, this is really hard because normally you look for a guy who's like a, a receiving and. Um, running threat, but I don't really think that the, Pache- the running back is great for that. So Pacheco I, is the thing about Pacheco is is all his odds are like are not are not awesome. Like because I think he's like very hyped. Like Jarek McKinnon actually at eleven to one seems like way better value to me. Than... I feel like it's either I, I feel like it's either Jalen Hurts on a run or Travis Kelsey. I'm gonna go with Hurts on a rushing touchdown. All right, that's eight to one. Uh, I really like. Clyde Edwards Hilaire at 30 to 1. Because I mean, of go the big odds. Or go home. Because he they put him back on the team this week and like whatever. Like just 30 to 1 is seems really high for a guy who might play in the game. Okay. Um Super Bowl MVP. Um Hurts plus one thirty five, Mahomes plus one thirty five. Everyone else is crazy long odds. So do you guys I'm just gonna ask it this way. Do you go with one of the quarterbacks? Like Quarter. Uh, a lot of people say a way to get better odds on the game is to pick the quarterback you think is going to win the game because usually they win. Or are we going to get a non-quarterback this year? Um, we got a non-quarterback last year, Cooper Cup. So Kevin, do we do we can we roll back with a non-quarterback this year, or is it going to be Hurts or Mahomes? I'm going non-quarterback. I could see a Philly pass rusher getting it. Son Reddick, thirty to one. People love it. It's 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 a very popular long odds guy for sure. I dig it. Like Eric, you think you got a non-quarterback in mind as well? Uh, I I am 100% with Kevin. It's fun if we don't agree. But yeah, someone in this game who gets like two and a half sacks gets the What about Chris, what about Chris Jones at 50 to 1? That'd be fun. It's going to be I don't know if it's going to be Hassan Reddick, but I would again like put the always bet on the MVP as either the quarterback of the team you like or a player who has no chance, Malcolm Smith. <laughs> okay. This is a fun one. Um these are two pretty high-scoring teams. They both uh, score a lot. Will there be one field goal and one touchdown scored in each quarter? 15 to 1. Has to be a field goal and a touchdown? Yeah. I don't think that there's going to be that many field goals. And I can't. With the defense in this one, I can't. I I wouldn't bet that. I'm going no. All right. Last one. Will the opening kickoff be a touchback? Yes. (laughs) Minus 165 for yes. Eric? Yes. Wanna, yes. No, I'm not I'm not taking the the NFL in twenty twenty three, gentlemen. Okay. Let's get to the Seahawks defense. So we're going back to our good friend, the old DEFCON system. So DEFCON, remember, the lower numbers are worse. So DEFCON five would mean not worried at all. Whereas DEFCON oh is it go to zero? It goes to zero, right? DEFCON does it go to zero? No, Defcon it just goes zeros. to one. Just goes to one. Defcon one goes is to one. no Defcon. Defcon one is a cocked pistol. Nuclear war is imminent. So there you go. All right. Um, so we'll start with interior defensive line. Right now, the Seahawks have these following players uh, ready, ready to go, um, ready to go for next for next year. You got. Sorry, I'm trying trying really hard not to cough, too. Um, Okay, here we go. Uh, Shelby Harris, Al Woods, Brian Monet, Quentin Jefferson, and Miles Adams. Okay, Eric, Mm. what's your DEFCON rating for interior defensive line? Number five would be we don't have to do a dang thing. It's all good. I I feel like we're at at DEFCON, too. It's hard because I kind of want to, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my draft and we talk about, you know, what we want in the draft. I'll be ready for that podcast. And there's so many pieces I want, so many pieces I will take. That's how much this team needs. But uh, honestly, I think it's a need to get a stud of some sort, either a stud in the making or, uh, you know, the free agent nose tackle we've been talking about you know, on this team. I think it's super important. So uh, I'm going DEFCON 2. It's tough to lose Puna Ford, um, but I do think the new scheme kind of didn't fit exactly what we wanted. He didn't fit exactly into what we wanted in the new scheme. LJ Collier, good riddance. And Daryl Daryl Johnson, uh, I feel like I barely got to know you. But I agree. I think two is the right number here. 
it would be incredibly surprising to me if we did not bring in someone as depth. Like you could start Harris, Woods, and Jefferson as like a starting three, and I think you don't get totally embarrassed, especially on passing downs. But I really do feel like um, if they don't bring in some guys to help in the run game specifically at all, it would it, this will be a problem position throughout the season. Um, what do you think, Kevin? Uh, Monet carries a lot of bulk and he's coming off of a lower body injury. So I'm not even convinced he's going to be able to start the season next year healthy. And Miles Adams can't play the nose, in my opinion. So this is a DEFCON one. Um, we need three pieces and one of them should be a starter. That's about as dire as it gets. Um, defensive line rotation is key and it's one of the big reasons why our defense struggled last season. Um, it's probably the biggest reason why the scheme is such a question right now. So, uh, yeah, this is in my opinion, the biggest need on the team. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you might be on, on something there. All right, let's go to outside linebacker. Daryl Taylor and Chenna Nuosu, both nine and a half sacks last year. Boye Mafe, Alton Robinson, Tyreek Smith, and Joshua Onujiogu. Kevin, what's your DEFCON rating for the uh, for the edge rushers for this? Yes, I guess. Oh, well, so we, we'd be losing, as of now, you know, Bruce Irvin. And Daryl Johnson is considered like an edge slash DE in our, like a flex guy. So, yeah, go ahead. So, um, well, the numbers for our interior defensive line, as far as like missed tackle percentages were pretty high for interior. Um not a lot of run stops, not a lot of guys handing up, handling double teams very well. Like Q Jeff got six sacks, but he was the only guy who made like really significant, um, like really significant debt in the pass rush. Our edge players. I'm a lot more optimistic about, uh, Jenny gold jackets. Uh, my son, um, who I love with all my heart, my special boy, uh, came in, had a great season. Uh, Daryl Taylor kind of came on towards the end of the season and you could see how he was kind of picking up the system better. And also the team was believing in him a little bit more. Like even if he's more of a pass rush specialist, that's still like a good role. It felt like he found a a step. He felt like he found a role and Alton Robinson will be back from injury too, which is like, no, he's no joke. Like people, you shouldn't underrate that as like a potential you know (laughs) guy that can help the team. And for that reason, it's like DEFCON four. Like I, we need somebody because your rotation has to be a little deeper than it is if we don't add anyone. But like, we just need a body. It's like a was it Jim Valvano after the NC State uh, tournament win, running around the court just looking for anybody to hug. Like it doesn't matter who the who the guy is. We just need like competent <laughs> edge player to come in. Like uh, if we brought Bruce Irvin to come back and play like twenty percent of snaps or something like that'd be fine. We just need somebody. Yeah, I think Taylor, Nwosu, Mafe, and Robinson is a great like first four guys to start with. And then if if you can find someone you feel like is an upgrade on any of those guys, like then go for it. You know, if if we're sitting there at five and Will Anderson's available, like shoot your shot. Like that guy is potentially a, a superstar, right? But th- this is um, it's low on. It's like often it's it's the offensive tackle of 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 the defense where. Yes, you could you could draft a guy there. You could do it if you really want to, but it's low priority for me. This is DefCon one. I don't I don't think I could get any less worried about a position. Obviously I think it'd be five, right? It'd be oh, sorry, five. Uh, five. I did it. Yeah. I did the thing that I warned everyone not to do. Remember, congressmen like golf, and so lower scores are like <laughs> fun for them. Yeah. So <laughs> I think for me, you know, it's this is this is no no worries, no worries. Uh, if you could find a great player to come in or like Kevin said, just find like a depth guy that you can play a non-embarrassing 20 snaps a game. The, who, who does, who did we sign that one year, uh, to come in and, and just do, just do pass rushing. And he used to play for the Colts, Dwight Freeney. Dwight Freeney and then, yeah, yeah it's just like, go get, go get your Dwight Freeney for this year and you'll probably be fine at edge. It's not, it's not a position of great concern, but it is one where the, the edge players can affect the game so much. If you can find a superstar. Yeah, go get that guy, right? Like, go if you if in the draft you think there is a superstar available at edge, go for it. But that's the only thing I would say there. All right, Eric, where are you at on edge? I'm gonna go DefCon three. Okay. Um, I'm I'm just looking at again what is gonna get this team back to the promised land and soon, and that number for me is basically getting getting pass rush and 
although you know everything you guys said about the <clears throat> uh, the pass rush on the outside has been you know no lies there. Uh, this is a team that it's going to be better if they get pass rush anywhere they can. Imagine a stud on the outside, and that's who we drafted mm-hmm. number five. Now, if I was to say I, you know, we're DefCon one, then I don't want that pick, but I do want that pick, and so it's DefCon three for me. Yeah, I think I think there's a, a statement to be made. Like if you if they should that this is a position where they if they can push in, they they should right. Like if they, yeah, it'd be a completely fine because we we have two borderline ten sack guys right, but it, then there's no stars. I don't think Kevin, plug your ears, earmuffs. But I don't think there's any stars at edge for us. So, all right. Uh, inside linebacker. So the inside linebackers, uh, we bring back Jordan Brooks. Uh, we bring back Tanner Muse, John Radigan, Vi Jones, and Ben Burkirvin. That means your boy's a free agent, Eric. No Cody Barton. Oh, Where wow. are you at? Where are you at on inside linebacker? Uh, inside linebacker is DEFCON 2 for me. Jordan Brooks is just fine. Could we use an upgrade? Sure. That's my uh, quick review of uh, of middle linebacker, inside linebacker. Yeah, it's, it's tough because it, there's no real timeline for Brooks to come back to. So for me, it's, it's tough because, you, you know, you want to – you want to like say, oh, we'll be we'll be fine at inside linebacker. It won't be that bad. Jordan Brooks will be there. But like, will Jordan Brooks be there week one, week two, week three? Like, will he be back? I'm I'm less certain of that. So, yeah, it's this is a very worrying position. Probably one of the probably one of or the most worrying position on the defense. And the problem is, is that one, this is not like an, an amazing inside linebacker draft. So it's it's that's tough. And and two, um, it is the kind of position where I feel like people try to get away with being cheap at this position. And there there are good inside linebackers on free agency, but will we try to get away with budget inside linebackers again? I'm less I'm less certain. So anyway, Kevin, what's your what's your DEFCON for for inside linebackers? Me and Eric obviously worried. Jordan Brooks injury, so much going wrong. What do you think? Well, you need two viable inside linebackers for the system that we're in. And right now we have two thirds of a viable inside linebacker. So that seems pretty bad. I'm going to go with uh, DEFCON 1. I hate to be like the uh, Mr. Worry for the front seven, but it turns out that I really like having starters on my NFL team. Uh, Jordan Brooks, very capable. I think um, the talent around him is to explain for a lot of the problems that we saw last year. Like his missed tackles were up. Um, but he was asked to do basically everything. So I think if we get a little bit more stability around him and a little better play out of the down three, that he'll be back, but we don't know if he'll be back at the beginning of the season. Cody Barton's a free agent. Uh, Tanner Muse, we could bring back pretty cheap and I would like to just to be able to have that floor in there, but we need to bring in a starter. I mean, Tanner Muse under contract. So yeah, I, I agree. Gotta I think he's him. an RFA, right? Um, I don't think. We'd have to give him an original round tender, which is like two point six. I don't. I. I don't. Let me look on over the cap. Uh, anyway, outside. Let's go to outside cornerback. While I look this up, uh, Tanner Muse. Yeah, he's an RFA. So yes, you're correct. Um, okay. <laughs> Mike Jackson, Tariq Woolen, Trey Brown, Isaiah Dunn, Eric. Are you worried about a corner? Oh, oh, Kobe Bryant. Also, can't forget Kobe. He is great at the uh, at the nickel cornerback. So Kobe. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't hook up the soundboard, Kevin. Sorry. I'll be so, the soundboard when you need me. Er, Erica, <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you think about corners? Defcon four. I think we're pretty good on corners. I like them. Uh, again, back to the draft. If we took a corner in the draft, not in the first round, but in like the third round, would I be upset? I don't think so. So that's why I can't say Defcon five, but, uh, Honestly, I, I think the best cornerback right now outside of Tariq Woolen is pass rush. Yeah. Um, for me personally, it's like three. I think this is an easy position to improve. Mike Jackson provides a nice like base level cornerbacking. He's not he's not horrible, but he's not great. 
Uh, and I'd love to see us if if one of there are about four or five corners that I'm really starting to like in this draft, and one of them was available at twenty. I think it would be really cool to uh, to pick one of them. So I I would uh, I would not mind. This is a position where it's like a, it's three. I, I think it'd be good to bring in some quality depth or some someone to really challenge Mike Jackson. But it's not the end of the world if nothing happens. Kevin, what about you? I think Tariq Woolen has unbelievable talent, but he put it all together in a way last season that I, you know, he still is kind of learning the position and it would be surprised if he has a few struggles here or there. Um, Mike Jackson provides that safe floor. Like you said, Kobe Bryant really solid has inside outside flexibility. Trey Brown was injured. We'll hope to see what happens when he comes back, but I would like to add a body here in the draft. And I think the biggest reason I want to add a body is because I think the cornerback class is super deep. There's, some really good first round guys. Um, I agree with you. There's like four or five guys that I think are really interesting first round prospects, but I think there's a lot of really interesting day two guys. And the thing about corner is you basically have three starters in the modern NFL. You have the depth is the core of your special teams. So I'm going DEFCON three. I'm with you. Um, I want to add a body here. I want to add somebody who I think um, has a little more upside than, uh, than Mike Jackson. Tariq. Tariq Wallen and Kobe Bryant is a great start. And it it wouldn't be, like I said, it wouldn't be the end of the world if, if nothing happened here. Uh, last position, Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, Ryan Neal, we have RFA, so he'll be back. <laughs> Joey Blunt. Those are the safeties that are under contract. Uh, we'll lose Josh Jones, Jonathan Abram, Tease Tabor for me. I'm going to go first on this one. It's the only one I'm going to go first on. DEFCON 5, not worried at all. We have Neal, we have Adams, we have Diggs. You can bring in UDFA guys behind those guys. If two of those guys are healthy, we will be awesome at safety. It will not matter if we don't need we don't need all three of them to stay healthy. Diggs really picked it up at the end of the season. Adams is fantastic for the one game a year we get him, and Neil is Pro Football Focus's highest rated safety. Not worried about this position at all. Eric, do 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 you have more worries than me, or uh, am I crazy for not worrying? Uh, I'll join you. No, I don't think you're crazy. I think it's fine um, going back to um, the woolen chatter. Like I'm not, I'm not too, too worried about it. Um, this is, I, I really want to focus on getting that pass rush building back out. It's, it's redundant for this podcast and I apologize, but man, that is where my focus is for this off season. I think it's the only way that we can p- compete next year and um, just add bodies to that this division. Add bodies to that front seven. Just yeah, get, add, get and add, add good bodies. Add, like, difference makers, even if that means, you know, going through the draft, drafting high. Um, the defensive line and the offensive line, that's uh, pass pass rush and protection. That's where my, my head's at. Kevin, finish us off. Are you, are you more worried about the safeties than me and Eric? Uh, ever so slightly. It's DEFCON 4. Um, because of our weakness at inside linebacker, um, safety is a place where we can kind of steal away from that, but not being able to trust Jamal to stay healthy, um, kind of puts a dent in it. So I would be very happy to, um, pick up like an interesting, flexible depth safety in free agency or in the draft. I think I want to add a body just to know that we have that depth there. Um, because it kind of helps cover us both because, uh, we saw last season Ryan Neal could take on some linebacker responsibilities too. And so having the flexibility allows us to take some of that pressure off of being able to get it 100% right in that linebacker room. So Sean Desai uh, withdrew from the Vikings DC job hunt, but now seems to be there seems to be a lot growing for Sean Desai will be the, the Broncos defensive coordinator going into next year. Does that worry you that we've, we're switching systems and the kind of the system expert guy that we brought in now is getting a DC job somewhere else? Is that, is that does it make, does it make you worried about like our, our defense at all, Kevin, or what, what do you think? Uh, not really. I mean, I like Sean Desai. I think he's a really good coach. Um, but honestly, I think we put together a really good coaching staff in general. And so this is always something that you know is kind of uh, it. It's if no one's trying to poach your assistant coaches, then congratulations, you have Ivan Lewis in every assistant coaching spot. Like it, so Carl Scott has to take a bigger role. I thought Carl Scott did great as the um, 
the defensive passing game coordinator and defensive backs coach kind of stitching all that together. Maybe Deshaun Jed gets bumped up to a defensive backs coach, something like that. You know, like it's, I feel like we have the guys on board who know the system to be able to keep it working. Um, you know, maybe they bring in one of the guys we were talking about last season to help out. Uh, like the reason why Desai was important was because he had defensive coordinator, defensive play calling experience and could help Clint Hurt with that uh, early on. You know, Pete Carroll also has defensive coordinator, defensive play calling experience, and uh, Clint Hurt should be able to kind of more firmly establish himself in that role this season, even without Desai. So as much as I'd love to keep him, I'm not super worried about losing him. It, it really feels like Desai wants to be a head coach. Like, yep. that, that is his primary goal, like, right now, is that he feels like he wants to be on that track to NFL head coach. And a good way to get it is to coach a really good defense in Denver. I, I get why he would want to leave, like being Denver's DC. The thing that's tough, if I was an NFL owner, I would never want to hire a defensive head coach. Because if your offense starts to play good, you're losing your offensive coordinator. They are becoming a head coach. Like any hot offensive coordinator gets gets poached. That's like well, that's like the number one source of, of future head coaches. That's so hundred percent it is. It's like it's like any it doesn't even matter. Like the offensive coordinator can't even doesn't even have to be, be doing anything. Like look at um who's that guy that really sucked that was on the Jets that had crazy eyes? Adam Gase. He was not the <laughs> off, he was not the offensive coordinator for the Colts. Peyton Manning was the offensive coordinator for the Colts, but he got he got a long, nice long shot at being a head coach twice, right? He was two times um for Miami and New York. And it's because you you just that's where the coaches come from. They come from offensive coordinators are like the first choice, and then so I think hiring a defensive head coach is kind of dangerous because if you hire a good offensive head coach, they're also going to be your play caller, right? You see the the top offensive coaches in the league are all like that: Andy Reid, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. These top offensive coaches they they're your play caller, so you're never going to lose your play caller if you're if you're. But if you lose losing your play caller for your offense is tough. It's a tough transition for any offense. So I guess what I'm saying is we've got to hope that Waldron does good, but not too good. I don't know. To me, it depends. Like, you know, you have Pete who has a defensive background. Um, Robert Sala did really nice with the Jets, and he's another person who's really good at managing personalities. Um, I don't think the Patriots regret the Bill Belichick uh, hiring. That seems to have gone pretty well for them. You but know, they got it's... to, but they got to keep the same offense coordinator for almost every year that they had Bill Belichick because he was super stubborn about it, and. And then look at last year. They went with the old uh, clogged toilet at offense coordinator. I don't know what they were trying to do. They had the pen, they had the pencil <laughs> in Matt there. Patricia, yeah, yeah. And I and I, I think I think that's a talent deficiency more than anything else. Uh, and when they when Bill O'Brien was the offense coordinator there, we're just fine too. Yeah, Bill, and Bill O'Brien's coming back this year, right? Isn't that the rumor that Bill O'Brien? That's, the, that's I believe the fact. Which sure. that's He's back good on with the me. Patriots. Yeah, that, that's probably he probably will. Um, like I don't did, think the you, Texans are going to regret D'Amico Ryan. I don't know. You, I I disagree. Did you hear about? Did you hear about? Um, I just think it's harder. It's harder to you if D'Amico. Let's say D'Amico. Let's say you Houston's have to be awesome a better year. coach if you're coming from the defensive side. I tend to agree. Like a well, better not, not even that franchise you're gonna, manager. You're going to lose your OC if your offense is good. Like it's just it's just going to happen. It happens to all these coaches. Like the like look at Dan Quinn. He's awesome with Kyle Shanahan, and then he loses Kyle Shanahan, and then everything starts to fall apart. It's just. It's tough. And it's then Kyle tough. Shanahan's won so many Super Bowls and, you know, he loses his DC and it doesn't matter I at all. I would, I mean, I would like it if to make four NFC championships. I think I, I, I like to make fun of the 49ers as much as the next guy, but he's not a bad coach. It's not, it's not him. Um, I'm not <laughs> saying that he's a bad coach, but I'm saying like, he's, he's very, he's, he's very good. Um, did you got, did you hear about DeAndre Hopkins, by the way? He was like, I could coexist with Bill O'Brien again. I was like, we all remember what you said. <laughs> yes. You, no, no one, you're not fooling anyone, DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Anyway, there there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so, head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks for as little as $1.24 a month. Be one of the, the 69 uh, patrons that we Thanks. have now. Uh, thank you to those people who are uh, hanging out with us. So uh, thank you all. Uh, yeah, I, I, I should read the names. I'm so out of it right now because of uh, I'm just not fully recovered yet. So, oh, man, why does it show it? like this this is so annoying <coughs> thank you hey, to emmanuel is... andy brett cooper do it all for the tucci evan flocked gavin greta james jose 
Joshua Lucas, Rad Dad, Nikki C, Ryan, Timothy, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, Daniel, David, Foles, Jay, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Brandon, Nick. Thanks, you guys, for for, uh, joining up and uh, supporting the show. All right. Um, This week's movie club, uh, The Master of the Twist, released another film. Kevin, I know how much you love M. Night Shemalama Shemalama Ding Dong. That's your that's your dude. So uh, yeah, it, he's he's super all right. Yeah, I I like <laughs> I like him. He he definitely does some things that are uh well that can. Be I feel annoying. like he has some he has some movies that are good, and he has a lot of movies that I just don't really care for. Yeah. So, um, the but he is the master of the twist. So I thought it'd be fun if we did a Fay Five movie twists. Eric, I feel oh, like don't lead, don't lead off with me. Oh, but I feel like I sh- I feel like I've been I feel like I've you've been shut out. Like I've been like you haven't talked in like eight minutes or something. Uh, so like I was like so I was like I gotta le- I gotta lead with Eric on this because like I ended up blabbering on about defensive coordinators and stuff for for so long. So what what Eric? What's your Look, what's your fa- what's what's in what's your favorite movie twist? Oh, see that's the thing I can't just pick a favorite. So I think I'll, I'll pick all, all our favorites. Uh, Brahms the boy, easily. <laughs> what? Easily. <laughs> huh? I didn't it didn't realize we're getting to the Brahms extended what? universe here. Yeah, you what? know where to. I only like on this podcast trying to go to the Brahms that, extended universe. Um, I like Brahms the boy too. Right, that's the one you're Multi- talking about. Mo- no, multiverse <laughs> of Brahms. Come on, the original, not not your hack second one. No, Brahms no, the, I do. Brahms I do not want. Too? I don't want Brahms anywhere near this. Is the boy oh, or uh, just Brahms uh, the boy? All right. Go. So um, what? What are you going then? Where are you going then? This is really hard because I thought, you know, before I started looking up a bunch of, you know, oh, stir your memory of like some of your favorites. Two movies popped into my head, mm-hmm. and and I, it's hard because the first they, one's the it's prestige. hard because they they both had Kevin Spacey in them. Right. <laughs> I was gonna say the, the issue, and, the and issue Kevin Spacey is an absolute scumbag, but the movies are good still. Uh, so it's like really hard to square that circle. My yeah, my yeah. submission to the list is the video the guy took of his friend when he found out Kevin Spacey was in Seven. I mean, Seven <laughs> is a great choice for the in YouTube, Seven is a great choice great. for this for this particular list. But like like I said, man, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about like. So being so spacey centric, spacey's in a lot of really good movie twists too. American Beauty, Usual Suspects, Seven. Or like, does man, American Beauty have a twist? In tough. It? I mean, the bag twisted. is really alive. Is that the twist? What the bag is really alive? That's the that's what you think the twist is. In <laughs> I don't movie? know what the twist is in American Pie. There is no twist. American, American Pie. Oh, that's it's that awesome. American has, American Beauty. I thought he's an American. That he has, dude. He, it's that he. It's that he doesn't he uh, doesn't he get shot at the end? That's pretty big. That's not a twist. That's pretty surprising. Part of the pretty plot. surprising. Pretty surprising uh, twist. Uh, at the I end don't think of that movie. The thing about okay. this list is, I feel like there's more than five that we would all agree on. So this is going to be more of a trimming list. So I don't feel like it's one where you can kind of game it and go, <laughs> "I'm going to slip this one on that other people don't like." It's more like I better make sure this one makes the list because it's going to be a knife fight in a phone booth for the last two spots. There's a movie think- that I'm not. There's a movie that I'm not doing in my my personal pick because I'm like this one I can easily get in the in the group. Both. And maybe that's what I'm here for is to just make sure we all get the right movies. Because my, my my movies that I thought of were, one, The Prestige. The Prestige like is a great movie. one. Put it in. Put it in. I'm into that The Prestige. That deserves to be in 100%. I, I will be. I am so into that as a, as your pick, Eric. If you this, if you want to make that your pick. That's I'm my like, pick. But the I'm other one it. is going to alienate Kevin and I. We're going to be on the outs a little bit. I, I did think about putting Fight Club in. Fight Club is a, Fight Club's a classic. It's, it's, a, a, it's classic. a good place. My it's biggest just, problem with Fight Club is telling other people that you like Fight Club. Because here's the thing, I like Fight Club. I think it's a great movie. I really enjoy it. But like, I don't like it. People unironically think Tyler Durden's cool in that movie, and it's like that's, yep, that's you're kind of missing. You're kind of missing the point if you think Tyler Durden's super cool. Like that's Brad not, Pitt's cool. Tyler I mean, Durden Brad Pitt cool. is cool. Tyler Durden is like toxic masculinity as, as a person. Like you know what I mean? Like that's it's supposed to. You're, that's what you're supposed to understand. Like there's subtext. I don't know. And a lot of people watch that movie without subtext, and it's like tough for me to. Yep. But I like that movie. I think that's a fine pick, Eric. Okay, you... so uh, we'll we'll keep the prestige in there, and uh, we'll Presti- flip Fight Club around. The prestige is, is is an excellent choice, though. Man, what a what a movie! Uh, what a what a study you got of David just, like... Bowie. You got Christian Bale in two roles. 
Uh, what Scarlett a double Johansson twist in its own way. In there for no reason. Hugh Jackman not playing Wolverine. Who knew he could do it? Uh, it's really good stuff. <laughs> The the yeah he's either playing Wolverine singing or in this movie I think the theme of this movie is like being a that movie is like being obsessed though yeah like there's just an obsession in that movie and like if you've ever been obsessed with something or you you kind of you can kind of see like where it can take you and it's it's just kind of um it's just awesome it's an awesome movie I love the I love the Prestige such a good movie uh, also right. the first time I saw it and uh, when Christian Bale's uh, one of his characters goes to the gallows. At the very same time, we both whispered abracadabra because I was like, <laughs> I knew he was going to say it. I just knew it. I was like, did you sing was, it, though? Did you sing it? No, <laughs> no, because Jackman didn't Abra, say it. Abracadabra. They're going to no. beat you out and crap you. Kevin, what's your, what's your, what's your, uh, what's your. Uh, I see you're uh, reserving a spot for yourself. This is really hard. You're not uh, going to pick, you're not going to pick the same movie as me. I guarantee I've you. got. Nine movies on my short list. God damn it! And I'm going to be super greedy. I have eight now because the Prestige was on there 100. percent Star Wars, Star Wars five, Kevin. I'm going to be greedy, and I'm picking Parasite. I wonder. I was I I was going to say like we should only put one Korean movie in this Fave Five. I was going to say like we should not make multiple Korean movies, Kevin. And I really think Old Boy is such a better twist than than parasite well i mean if you're deciding you're only putting one korea movie on there that's a that's a decision that's you're making. okay well, all boys out then i'm that's 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 your that's your choice that's fine i mean you're the <laughs> one restricting it to one that's that's on you no i'm just saying like i think i think we should like you can move in different like those movies have both which one do you which twist did you like better you like parasite but which twist do you like better i want to talk about that that's like that's like kind of why i want to pit the movies against each other that's, which which that's twist more did i why... like better i did not like the twist in old boy but <laughs> it is a better twist because it comes completely out of left field um in parasite like the twist where you find out about the husband behind the wall is really interesting and like really good i but like the movie is going in so many directions that you can kind of, like it it's not shocking as much as it is, as it is um like super interesting in old boy you're like whole you have to like almost pause the movie and give yourself a minute and that's um, I I kind of wanted uh, to make the make us compare the movies I thought it'd be more interesting conversation that's why I want <laughs> to pit them against each other not not like not like a like I like I hate Korea or something. <laughs> I think that these are uh, I think that these are two very different twists, um, which makes the comparison a little like kind of hard to do because um, the other best, part is the parasite twist, twist is kind of like the seven twist where it shows up like at the beginning of the third act instead of the end, like what mm-hmm. happens with a lot of movies, and then you have to like live in the twist for a significant chunk of movie. And that's really interesting. I like, I like it. Um, yeah, I'm fine with Parasite though. Like, I think those movies both have really cool twists though. And everyone should watch both those movies. If you've not seen one of those movies, then you're, you're miss, you're missing out. You're missing out. A Tale of Two Sisters is another really good South Korean movie with a good twist. Doesn't Handmaiden have a twist too? Do I remember that right? Is that the, uh, it does. It does. (laughs) But I, I don't know, man. That like it's like kind of like sympathy for Mister Vengeance and sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Also, kind of have a twist, but also kind of don't. All right, Kevin, I'll give you one guess what my movie is. Go ahead. Coco. No, Arrival twenty sixteen. Of course. Yeah. My favorite, my literal favorite movie. Um, and one of my favorite short stories of all time. Uh, just now, an excellent. Uh, what are we? Ex- oh, excellent movie that asks huge questions. Movie. You find out at the end that she she knew what was going to happen all along. Um, which is cr- which, and it, and then the way that they they kind of seed the the girl with cancer at the beginning and stuff, and you don't, you're like, what is that all about? And you think maybe it's from the past or the past, and that's but why actually, that Paul kind of hangs over them. It's from the future, and then I just asked a really cool question: like, would you, would you, if you knew everything that was going to happen in your life, and you knew that it would have like a tragic ending, but you'd have all those great moments building up to it, would you do everything exactly the same way? I think that's like just like a really like profound and poignant question and also just like a really cool twist because you think the whole movie you spend the whole movie thinking amy adams character like lost her daughter to cancer and you find out that that at the end of the movie you find out that that hasn't actually happened yet that that is something that happens later which is so 
So, and the interactions between her character and Jeremy Renner's character kind of make you feel like that makes sense for the way that her character approaches things. Like it's it's a it's yeah. a very interesting approach to the relationship between those characters. Yeah, really cool. Um, really cool plot twist. Um, for me, one of my my all time faves in terms of movies. It it's a lot like the Memento twist, where like um, it's the nonlinear storytelling doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, but I just like it better than Memento. Don't don't add. Kevin me. is triggered. Kevin is triggered. Uh, no, Kevin agrees. That's yeah. no, I no, I agree. But Kevin is triggered when you said Memento. Oh, gotcha. Oh, I like Memento. I actually rewatched it recently, and it was better than I remembered. But it's, still, like that, it's like a, it's like an above average movie that that really gains a lot of points because Nolan really went for it on the nonlinear yes. storytelling. Kevin and I have cool. talked about this a lot. It's it's a fine movie, but people raving about it has made it less fine. All right, you guys ready for the uh, for the now the, the the battles to duke it out? Yep, let's go. All right, Star Wars five. I feel like we have to have this conversation. Empire Strikes Back. It is like one of the all time most quoted twists. It is a a huge twist. Um, it uh, gets people quote negative it, people quote points it. for George Lucas making it up as he's going. <laughs> like that's kind of my issue with it. Is it like it was clearly not written for, which is why it ends up being like this crazy twist when it happens in the second movie, and that does make it like out of left field. Like good job, but whew. in an arrival type twist, um, Mark Hamill had a motorcycle accident between Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back, which is why his face is covered before the Wampa uh, attacks him, so they could work the scar into the movie. Second twist. Did it, so for me, it took all the shine off that twist when they tra- when they went and they tried to do that twist again when Ray Ray was Palpatine's daughter or whatever. Somehow Palpatine lived, or survived, Somehow or whatever. Palpatine returned. Yeah, yeah. Great, great job. That movie ruined every Star Wars movie. That's yeah. awesome. So, so it's that that, that <laughs> that's me for me. All right, how about Get Out? Uh, I mean, it's a good twist. It it's a good execution. Um. I don't know, man. Like, that's a hard one because the twist doesn't hit me like a twist. I mean, uh, it is... I know how much you guys love this movie, and I still haven't seen it, so I defer. I mean, it's just uh, like the like the whole brain abduction thing comes out of like left field for me. Like, it's like such a crazy I- idea for me. I don't. I mean, for it's me, awesome. It's, like a, it's really good. Enor- it's an enormous twist. Like, I'm like thinking like, oh, are they just going to like kill this guy? Like, is something bad going to happen to him, you know? And then it's like, no, they're going to take out half his brain and <laughs> take over his body. <laughs> like, it's just like such a wild, like, like it's a tw- it's such a huge twist for me. I don't know. I just like think that that's like one of my favorite. Um, all right. Another oddball twist is Gone Girl. Like the twist in Gone Girl is, and the way they set it up and everything is really interesting. Uh, and the movie's like, built around it but it's not built around it in that way where it's like a weak movie being upheld by a twist it's a movie where they push everything in anticipation of this twist that's gonna like make the movie a lot more interesting yeah i like i really like um the twist there did anyone um, else see last night in soho not yet um yes yes i have kevin uh i wish the end of that movie was a little bit less messy because the twist in that movie is excellent yeah, I, I would agree with you in that. It's, um, I don't know. There's so many other, there's so many other good twists out there. Is Nathan? Is there anything that you give me some? Give me some. For? Give me some more. Give me some. The more Usual Suspects. Twists. Usual. Suspects I mean, yeah, Usual Suspects is an. Aw- it's an awesome. It's such an awesome twist. But but like, it's that movie is like so Kevin Spacey centric that like, it's I don't know, when I go when I go back and watch it, I, I um. I really like all I think about is like, man, this guy's like a like a terrible person. It sucks. How but about Coco? It is awesome. The twist Coco's being got that, a good twist. that like that it's actually his his dad. That's pretty, well. The that's twist pretty being cool. that uh, the guy or it's actually his, his grand it's actually his grandpa, right? Like the the guy he's been hanging out with the whole time happens to be his great great. Well, the is twist that right? is that his hero murdered his grandpa, and his hero <laughs> is not his hero. Yeah, his hero murdered his grandpa. The the um. I feel like uh, the like Whiplash and La La Land both have like low key like kind of twists at the end where Whiplash when he it's such a surprise when he stands up to to uh, to the the like the villainous uh, to Simmons yeah 
J.K. Simmons character, it's like, whoa, I did not see that coming at all. And then La La Land, that when that that melancholy montage they show at the end, that is like, that is like such a like a. It is not what you expect a movie like. It doesn't feel like like a twist, but it it's just a man. That is a great movie. Um, I don't know. Uh, What about horror movies? Um, And a Friday the Thirteenth Part One. That's thank you, Kevin. That's a great one. Scream. Classic. Scream. Yep, that's a classic. Scream has a dope twist in it. I really like that one. The de- the descent. Yeah, the descent. The descent yeah, the has de- a really good twist at the end too. The descent has two different endings too, and either one can be a twist. Yeah, uh, I both, like that. They're both a twist. Eric, you want a twist that you hate? Us. I I do hate the twist in us. <laughs> I was waiting for it to be brought up with Get Out, and I just don't care for it. No. Um, thank you. Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Yeah, that one's interesting. Okay. How about or Knives like, Out? Which which uh, twist? Which it's twist? A huge, it's a uh, that he kills himself in order to keep her from getting in trouble. But like that he didn't need to kill himself, like that that twist, or like I feel like all the twists that encompass that one twist. Kevin, your favorite, The Village. Uh, there's no twist in that movie. I knew you would be. That is the worst. That. Uh, it sounds like since we I have like, so many, movies I like. I would make the same argument about Signs when you. Tell everyone what's going to happen the entire movie. <laughs> it's not a twist. It's the thing that's inevitably happening. Also, the, water dumb. What about the others? The other. Thank you. Um, with Nicole Kidman, right? Mm-hmm. That was uh, when that was being, you know, uh, all the trailers. Everyone just thought it was going to be another Sixth Sense, which you can also put as a twist movie, a uh, huge twist movie, and it really, it really did a twist on the twist. Good call. Yeah, that that movie has like really cool kind of twist ending actually i do uh, like the twist in unbreakable okay where you find out that uh mr glass is responsible for uh his accidents as well like the way that whole thing plays out i, I thought that was like an interesting was, twist i saw it coming too easily um um the twist yeah. in the mist speaking oh, about Kevin, twist the Kevin, what's left on, your, what's left on your list did we not did we miss anything no those are the ones I, I put my list out there if i were picking any two off this list i'm picking i uh, old boy and gone girl old boy and gone girl huh gone girl is pretty good yeah, Eric, what are you thinking what are you leaning out what are you le- what are you leaning towards the guys, double twist we... in gone girl when she tries to reverse everything like that's a like the way that that plays out is really interesting. What about searching? Uh oh, yeah, I didn't I like even the think twist that in one. that movie. Or what about like Ex Machina? I thought about Ex Machina. It's such a creepy twist. Hey, what about Primal Fear? Edward yeah. Norton putting putting his name on the map. Do you can do you guys can? I know some people say would say that like yeah. I don't know. There's so many. There's like there's I guess we put choices. the boy in there. Brahms the boy. Okay, so our next two movies are Brahms the boy and, and Brahms the boy too. And and Moon with uh with Sam Rockwell. Moon. So. Moon's a good one. Good call. Moon is Moon is a weird movie. It's a pretty good top weird 18 movie. we got, guys. Yeah, I can our our fave 27 is going really well. We're doing a great job of this. This is uh... <laughs> Don't sweat it. I'm just over here dying. Is there a twist? In That's the school? ultimate twist at the end of this is that Nathan uh, Nathan actually coughed up a lung 20 minutes ago and he's dead. This is the corpse of Nathan Santo. Hmm. All right. So I don't know. Uh, we'll say that the last two movies we picked were Memento and Old Boy. How's that sound? And you guys can sure. just yell. You guys can just yell at us in the discord for not making any real choices. <laughs> so for Kevin, for Eric, we will uh, see you guys next week and go hot. Hot.